Hey, thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Today we're looking at the book of Habakkuk and having a conversation about a very honest, vulnerable chapter of Scripture. We're looking at a song that Habakkuk sang all about God's story, His goodness, His faithfulness, and we're looking at the very real concerns that Habakkuk had as well and seeing how he turned all this angst into praise. So, Sit back and let's talk about how to wait patiently for God and turn our devastation towards praise. All right, Nate, another Monday, another week. Had a big old Sunday yesterday. I know you preached all morning and then we had our first young adult gathering last night. I was curious how you're feeling after the night and if you had any reflections on the young adult group. How was that for you? Oh, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was um, felt like old times. You yeah. know, we held that in the uh, grill here on campus. And I used to, you know, 20 plus years ago, lead a right. college group in that room when yeah. it was first built. So that was refreshing and fun. You know, so I'm cool. obviously at a different stage or season of life right now, but sweet young people it was great talking with a lot of them getting to know them and Mm -hmm. um see just their heart for the lord and uh, so that was great and uh love i love teaching in that kind of environment and to that kind of group and they were Mm -hmm. super kind and uh attentive and everything uh but it was fun how about you did you enjoy it yeah it was super you're up there i mean what are you doing you're playing bass up there, I was playing yeah. bass and a kick drum, which yeah. was something new for me. But uh, not even on the mic. You weren't even on the mic. I wasn't even on the microphone. Yeah, yeah I did it all Just morning. Able to focus on your bass face. Yes, yeah, <laughs> very different than a stink face. It's a bass face. <laughs> Serious control and effort there. But I had a great time, man. You know, I, I led young adult ministry for six years. Um, yeah. And did you know a lot of them? Yeah, those night. are like all like new people to yeah. me. It was so cool. And we were just talking a little bit ago. It felt like a lot younger people than I was used to. Mm-hmm. I, when I was leading that ministry, people were in their mid-20s, maybe like later 20s even. And last night, I felt like I was meeting a lot of people who were in their early 20s, maybe even like teenagers yeah, still. late teens. Um, and I was so excited about that because that showed me that there's a group of young people who are ready to take their faith seriously and to jump into community to find like-minded people to do life with. And I mean, what better age, you know, than before you head off to college or join the military, start your career. Um, I was just super stoked about that. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun and um, the pizza was amazing. We had Costco pizza and it felt like sponge cake. So that was just like a fun little treat. (laughs) Yeah, I just, (laughs) I learned many years ago. I just, you know, eat later. (laughs) (laughs) The food is for everybody who's there and I will go home to my wife and have dinner later. (laughs) But no, it was great. Thanks for preaching last night and being there. It's a really special time. We're doing another one in July. So if you're a younger person and want to jump into that, uh, we'll be doing that in July. You can visit calvary.com for those details. But today we want to talk about the message from yesterday. Habakkuk, been loving this series. Last week we looked at a chapter where God is doing a majority of the speaking, Mm -hmm. and yesterday we looked at a chapter where um, Habakkuk is doing most of the speaking, and not just speaking, but writing a song, which was uh, 
fun to hear you break that down because I didn't know that was a song when I first read it. It sounded just more like a kind of poetic kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, message that he gave. But to know that he was writing music and creating this kind of dramatization of scripture and stories about God and communicating that way was really special. I don't know why it just like kind of spoke to me, but... Well, I mean, duh, you love music. I guess I'm a musician, you're, so... You're a musician, you're a <laughs> I was like, oh, leader, kindred spirit. Pastor. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cool little similarities, I think, between yeah. Habakkuk and you. I mean, yeah. he, you know, like I mentioned in the teaching, you know, there's a bunch of elements at the end. He says, you know, play this according to stringed instruments right. to the choir master. He puts a word called Selah all throughout mm-hmm. the song, which is like a pregnant musical pause yeah. more than likely. And then he says that it should be played according to Shigianoth, which oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a mysterious word, but it means something along the lines or is related to a word meaning to reel to and fro. So I just like mm. that kind of like angsty, yeah. uh, aggressive kind of sound totally. before it maybe mellows out at the end of the song. But uh, yeah, of course you relate to that. <laughs> Just spoke to me. Well, I loved it. And there's a few things from the message I wanted to ask you about. Um, The first thing was about just the way Habakkuk knew God. You can tell in the song that he really knew who God was. And I'm sure he's had experiences with God in the past. But he knew these stories. He knew the Bible. He was definitely a guy who invested his knowledge into Scripture. And it was built up by the Bible. And I was just thinking about that yesterday and thinking about how we get to know God. And for me, my life, I've really gotten to know God through scripture as well. And there's been different moments in my life where I'll read a lot of scripture or a little bit of scripture. I feel like I've kind of subscribed to your reading plan a little bit for my Bible reading, which has been huge for me. But I was just thinking about people who are maybe getting started with the Bible and want to figure out like, what's the best way for me to get to know God through the Bible? There's so many Books, so many chapters. How much do I read? How little do I read? What pace should I go at? I was just curious if you had any thoughts about that because I know Habakkuk, he really did take in a lot of scripture. And for us today, if we want to get to know God, how much scripture do you think we should be reading? Like, and how consistently? And <laughs> do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's one of those questions that is best answered one on one rather than in so podcast form. Yeah. You know, because it, a lot of it has to do with. Who's asking the question? I mean, there's just some parameters that each of us have. I mean, for instance, if I'm talking to someone who has a real difficult time reading, Mm -hmm. maybe even a learning disability, there's one answer to that question. If I'm talking Mm -hmm. to someone who's highly academic, they're a voracious reader in other areas, Mm -hmm. there's a different answer to that question. But um, you're right, Habakkuk was familiar with the word. I haven't really talked about this very much, but throughout... Um, be- because at the end he gives directions to the choir master. Yeah. It's a little bit of a clue that Habakkuk was certified as a singing priest, uh, which would mm-hmm. have meant that not only was he a prophet, but he'd also been ecclesiastically trained, so to speak. Oh, wow. And so probably during that time, as he was becoming a priest, if he was one, he would have learned the word that way as well. So he was definitely a man who knew scripture. And what you're alluding to is all the stuff from the book of Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua that he's alluding to when he's Mm. describing who God is. Um, But yeah, you know, reading the Bible is uh, 
I mean, everybody, every Christian should be doing it. You, we should be in the word, but a lot of times it's hard for people. Yeah, you know, totally. I talked to an older woman yesterday who, uh, I think exposition is brand new to her. Mm. She was highly complimentary of it. And to me, and, uh, you know, she just said, I, I can, I have an easier time reading the new Testament. I mm -hmm. I've tried to read books like this in the old Testament before, right. but I just don't know what they mean. And so it's been very difficult for me to be able to read that. And I get that, you know, that's a experience that a lot of people have. Totally. I do want to encourage people to do a measure of work yeah. in trying to understand mm -hmm. the Bible. Um, if you're expecting to have the same experience you would have if you sat down to read your favorite novel, you're not going to have that experience reading the Bible. There so is true. a background. There were original hearers. There is a historical setting. And it's not all that complex either. You can, if you just have a good study Bible, answer probably 90% of the context-related so questions that you might have about a, a, a passage of Scripture. Uh, so a good study Bible is not going to overwhelm you with information. Maybe for every one page of Bible text, there will be a third of a page of comments that help bring clarification. So if you're in chapter 3 of Habakkuk and you're looking at the fourth verse, you read it, and then down below, there will be a little notation, chapter 3, verse 4, and there will be just some comments. They won't be highly scholastic or uh, advanced, but they're going to give you some clarity, some background, maybe a little bit of interpretation yeah. as to what's happening. They're not going to give you a lot of application. They're not going to ask you devotionally based mm -hmm. questions, but a good study Bible is really helpful. And if you're not willing to do that kind of work, then yeah, the Bible will perpetually be yes. kind of confusing. There'll th be things that you get out of it for sure, but a study Bible can help you with that. Of course, listening to exposition is really important. I'm so thankful that I was exposed to that at an early Same. age. I mean, I was yeah. 18 years old when I first listened to a pastor teach through the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. And that just gave me like an overview understanding of scripture to where I could turn to a book like Habakkuk, even at that early age. And not know what every part of it was saying, but I, I had an understanding of the time frame. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the the Babylonian invasion was not like this massive. Okay, where does this fit? Yeah. Like I understood a little bit of the structure. Um, so getting that overview help is also uh, something mm -hmm. that will aid you in your Bible reading. But you alerted, alluded earlier to the kind of the way I do it. It's a bookmark in the Old Testament, a bookmark in the New Testament, and trying to read, you know, somewhere between three and four chapters a day, one chapter in the New, two or three in the Old, mm -hmm. maybe some Psalms or Proverbs uh, mixed in there each day. And doing it about that pace, you'll finish the Bible uh, at the same, the, the Old and New Testament at the same time, and yeah. you'll do it in about a year. Um, and sometimes I go faster than that, sometimes I go slower than that. Right now I'm reading the McShane Bible reading uh, plan, hmm. which is a old but pretty famous one where you have four bookmarks and it's like two in the old, two in the new, and you're moving forward uh, one chapter in each each day. Hmm. And what that plan does is it gets you through the New Testament twice in a year and the okay. Old Testament once in a year. 
Cool. Um, so I've been enjoying that for a little over a month now, and and uh, it's been uh, cool to to read the Bible in that way. Hmm. Always something refreshing when you're in four different <clears throat> books of the Bible. So true. Um, but um, you know. A chapter a day keeps the devil away, you know, kind of thing. And as you're reading the Bible, I think a great practice is to just be asking the question, what What does this passage teach me about God? Yeah. You know, it's not so much how much you're consuming, but how are you processing what you consume? And if everything is about you and mm. uh, your situation and, and all of that, then you're only going to get so far. You've got to see who God is. That's what Habakkuk three was all about after all. And then you can apply that into uh, your life. Uh, but don't uh, read without a plan. Don't read haphazardly. Yeah, don't just so flip true. it and, uh, and grip it kind of thing, you yeah. know, just open up, see where I land, you know, uh, that's not a plan for reading the Bible. Take whole books at a time, read through them, Think about them, uh, journal perhaps, write different mm. uh, thoughts that you're having about various passages of scripture. And, uh, you know, you might only have the time budget for a chapter a day or two chapters a day, but I think that's a great way to keep a, a good diet moving forward in your life. Oh, heck yeah. I love that. I remember getting started with my Bible reading years ago and trying the uh, proverb of the day reading because mm-hmm. there's 31 proverbs and you know every month it's 30 days or 31 days and you can get a chapter in a day and uh, that really sparked my interest in starting to read more it's kind of you get like a little habit going and you're like okay i'm gonna add a new testament chapter okay now i'm gonna go back to the old testament and definitely bible reading is a building kind of practice for sure so but it does take work and it takes time too and just mm-hmm extended amounts of years just to understand and get that thing in your heart. So we're big believers in Bible reading. I love the Bible, man. It's just so good for you. So when you were doing that Proverbs a day thing, mm-hmm. and if you were in a month that had 30 days, would mm. you read Proverbs 31 on the 30th day, or would you just skip it and wait for the <laughs> month that had 31 days? I feel like the the holy answer is, of course I read it, but I definitely didn't. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be 30, and I'd be like, okay, I'll get to that. And 31 is a great chapter, you know. Right. It's a great yeah. chapter, but... The Proverbs 31 woman. That's right, man. You found one, I, I found one, so I just leave that chapter. Sometimes. You hadn't even read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But big believers in Bible reading, obviously, such a great way to get to know God. I want to ask you, too, about Habakkuk's hope, because mm-hmm. you can tell when he's talking that he has such a deep understanding of the reality of the situation he's in with the Israelites, She's like, dude, it's just, it's all bad right now. But he still has this, um, like you were saying, he's a singing priest. He's a prophet. He still had that responsibility to lead and guide people. So he's like, oh gosh, I see this problem. I know my responsibility. And I know that God has a plan. He's going to discipline, but he's going to bless. Um, he's a God of consistency and faithfulness. So he had like this reality, this position, and this hope but I know for a lot of us, like myself included, when I just see like the reality of something, I can easily just forget my role. I can forget about God's faithfulness and his goodness and his plan and just get consumed with the problem. You know, we talked about that last week a bit, just getting stuck on the problem. But he just had such a grounding, it seems, even though he was just 
talking about the problems that he saw, but I'm just thinking about those of us who are um, having a hard time staying grounded. We just see the problems and hmm. we want to have that hope. We want to take a hold maybe of our position. We don't want to be retreating. Uh, we want to be engaged. How would you encourage that person who's just feeling like, man, the, the problem is just too big, man. I'm just feeling right, too yeah. overwhelmed. But I know God has something in the future. Like, how do I just grab a hold of that? Yeah. That's a great question. I, I think that um, w- one of the things I would say is to um, be comforted that when this is happening to Habakkuk, it's happening to one of God's best. Yeah. You know, he's in the elite forces of believers and he went through that process. Yeah. So I say that because I think sometimes we can feel badly about ourselves when mm. uh, the fear takes over or the anger takes over and or the, the feeling that I'm not equipped for this. Yeah. I don't know how to handle or face the times that I'm in. And so that when, when I have those feelings, it, I get more of the retreat kind yeah, of feeling, too. you know, like mm-hmm. I just, I got to get out of here cause I don't know how to deal with all the new culturally appropriate yeah. you know, things that people are all about. Totally. Like I just don't even know. So I'm just going to get out of here and try to find a culture that isn't asking these kind of <laughs> questions, but that's not the way obviously, but we can tend to feel bad about ourselves, but Habakkuk went through this whole experience. And then I think a second thing that I would say is what Habakkuk went through, I think can be a template uh, that we can also utilize in an expedited fashion. So I've literally gone through the Habakkuk experience in the confines of just one morning quiet time before God, where it starts with a, what is the deal? (laughs) I'm discouraged about this. I'm overwhelmed by this. I don't know what's happening in uh, this particular situation. And then I'm reading the word and I'm like, God, really? That's how you're going to deal with this. And I'm arguing about it and frustrated with it. And then, as I stay in the word, I get God's promises and perspective mm. and I come out of it with this sense of, okay, I know again who God is. Mm. I'm reminded afresh of who he is. So, you know, like we're going to see in the final passage of Habakkuk, you know, when there's no fruit on the vine, when the olive tree fails, when the fig tree fails, when there's no crops and there's no herds or flocks, um, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to find joy in God, my strength, you know, making that Mm -hmm. determination and decision. Um, That's a process that you can go through in the space of 15 minutes, absolutely, potentially. And now it took a little bit longer for Habakkuk to go through that, but I don't think it took all that long either. You know, he said what he had to say to God, and then he went up on his watchtower and he waited Mm -hmm to hear God speak to him. So this whole conversation can happen Mm. in in an accelerated uh, way. And I would just encourage someone to, hey, be willing to go through that conversation a thousand times a week if you have to with a, I don't get it, that's frustrating, allowing God to be God 
and you coming out the other side saying, even if none of this changes, and even if that is the reality that I'm going to have to deal with, I'm going to trust in the Lord. You know, the beautiful thing about the way that Habakkuk resolved himself at the end was he didn't say, I'm just going to endure. I'll make it through. He said, I'm going to have joy. I'm going to rejoice Mm -hmm. in God. Uh, And when he was describing, you know, no fruit and no flocks, he was not describing uh, a hypothetical. He knew this will be the fallout from war. War is going to hit us and we won't be able to farm. We won't be able to uh, ranch. We won't be able to do these things. Yeah. And so that's just going to be what happens to the land. There's going to be desolation. I'm going to have joy in the Lord in the midst of that. But allowing yourself to go through that process over yeah. and over again is really important, I think. Yeah. Right? I mean, because we just see oh, stuff yeah. all the time. It's like just another thing, you know. I mean, for me, yeah. I could just, you know, I don't know if it's like I'm triggered or what, but <laughs> it's whatever. But it's just like you could be watching TV and it's just oh, yeah. some like dramatic portrayal of a Christian where, you know, they're just always judgmental or stupid yeah. or, you know, whatever. Or uh, you could be listening to a podcast and some secular, you know, speaker is like representing Christianity and, you know, thinking of us as homophobes and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And totally. it's like, oh, this is just a one sided argument. I guess I don't get a chance to speak anymore yeah you know i i guess i don't don't get a chance to explain with any nuance whatsoever where i'm at i mean things are just so harsh and black and white you know this very tolerant society and cultural Mm -hmm. culture that we're living in there's no toleration for uh, where we're at a lot of Mm -hmm. times as christians and it can just be really you can get that frustration and and, uh, despair and like what do we do Totally. How do we navigate this? And it's kind of one of the things I've been thinking as we've been going through Habakkuk, you know, of just, man, I just feel for people that are really struggling with that. You know, Mm. they don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, And hoping that the book uh, doesn't necessarily help them say, now I know what to do. I don't think Habakkuk had that. Yeah. Uh, But a confidence in God is what grew inside of him. So that's what I'm praying happens more and more, you know, within us. Yeah. Kind of like my, my illustration yesterday with Martin Lloyd Jones, you know, in the 1900s in England, Mm -hmm. when, when uh, communism was spreading around, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like his congregation had no idea what to do about communism spreading all throughout Eastern Europe. Like they had no clue what to do, but to be reminded again, God is in control He's on the throne. Yes. That would have been really helpful to them. It's just crazy. I mean, I'm so glad that God allows us to go through all those emotions, you know, and that he meets us through his word because, man, if we couldn't do that, it would just be such a hard existence to try to just trudge through the hardship that we see and just try to only elevate, only um, rise above, you know, but to know that we can bring our cares and concerns to God, be vulnerable about them, and that he does do some kind of work and exchange in us as we engage with his word and his spirit is just so helpful to know. It's just so relational. And to know we can go through that every single day and God always meets us is just so beautiful. It, the last question I had for you kind of riffs off that a little bit, and it's about Habakkuk's confession, sure. where he talks about... Um, 
you know, he knows God's plan for discipline and um, he knows God's power. He knows he can do it and that he will do it. And it freaks him out a bit. He talks about like his legs, like mm-hmm. kind of losing stability and everything crumbling underneath him. And I wonder if he was fearful, mm-hmm. if he was anxious, if he was getting depressed or what. I don't know what was going on inside of him, but my main question is just about that response that yeah. he had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a prophet, he's a priest, he's shook. And I was curious, like, is that an okay response? You know, we're just talking about, like, if you do face the difficulties of this life, you can bring them to God. But I mean, he's just talking about, like, man, I'm, I'm real shook up about this. And I'm, it sounds like he's scared about mm-hmm. God's plan. And yeah, I was just wondering, like, is, is fear an indication that we don't have faith? Is it okay to have faith and fear? Was his response okay, mm-hmm. you know, before God? What do, what yeah, do so what that? you're alluding to, he says at the end, I hear my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound, rottenness enters into my bones, my legs tremble beneath me. Yet, I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. So I should, full disclaimer, say that it's not a universal view that Habakkuk was um, saying, I kind of don't like what God said and it's okay. and I'm having a bodily reaction to it. Yeah, A lot of people think that all that's happening there is that he had a vision of God. That's what Mm. chapter three is mostly about in that song. He has this vision of who God is and that that reverence Mm. shakes him up. Yeah. Right. But there seems to be something about his conclusion of yet, like I'm going through all this yet. I'm going to wait for God Mm. to deal with the people that are attacking us. That makes some, including myself suspect that not only did he have this reverence for God, but that he's saying the antidote to these feelings I'm having that are even causing anxiety or physical, you know, displays. Uh, it the antidote is that I, I have to wait for God to deal with our tormentors. So I think that he is afraid of the Babylonians. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily just a fear or a reverence of God, but a terror of the Babylonian invasion, which would make sense, right? You know, if God told us, you know, Hey, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be invaded and you're going to go into captivity for a time, you know, no matter how much hope you had that it wasn't going to be forever, you'd still feel afraid of the moment that you're going to be invaded. And then what what that was going to be like in captivity. So I, I do think that that's what he was going through was maybe some, reverential fear or fallout from an encounter with the living God. Mm. But I think also at least also some struggle with what God had said. And you know, you're asking like, is that okay? It's like, (laughs) I don't know. It's in the Bible. Yeah. You know, there it is. That's just, it's not, I don't think necessarily like, uh, you know, not everything that's described in the Bible is prescribed right. in the Bible. So it's not like Habakkuk is saying, Hey, this is a great thing to do. Tell God you don't like what he said mm-hmm. or that it's kind of like making your stomach sick or something like that. But it's just inevitable. Yeah. Those times will come where 
because of the cultures that we're in or the times that we're in, where there's something in the Bible that challenges us. Tim Keller makes this point, I think, in his book, A Reason for God, that Christianity, the Bible, is one of the only books that will offend everybody in every culture somehow totally. or some way. Um, because it's not a product of culture. So, for instance, there are cultures on earth right now that if we said, like we've been saying through the book of Habakkuk, that one day God will be the judge of all nations, there are cultures probably like ours who would object to that concept of God. That's offensive to them. But there are also cultures here on earth that would be offended if you said God is not going to judge. Mm -hmm. They'd be offended by that. So the, the, the way the Bible is laid out, there's something for everybody. And I think yeah. that to me, that, that's the point that Keller makes, is that that's like a fingerprint or a clue or an evidence of the divine inspiration of this book. If it really is what it's claiming to be, then you'd expect that it violates human logic and understanding at times. Not that it's wrong or weird or saying something that is inaccurate. It's just that it's going to grate against mm -hmm. our view and our perspective of things. And I think that might've been a little bit what was happening to Habakkuk. You have to understand he grew up in a Judaistic culture where, yeah, he loved God and he learned the Bible and was serving God and all of that. I don't know what his full prophetic career was like. Nobody really does. As I said earlier, maybe he was a priest as well, but he'd grown up in an environment and in a culture where the message was, we're God's special people. We're chosen by God. God has a special plan for us. We're his elect. We're his nation on earth. I mean, no other nation has been able to say this. Um, and so for God to say, I'm going to send the Chaldeans to kind of wipe you guys out and drive you out of the promised land. Like their whole book was about God bringing them into the promised right. land. This was unfathomable yeah. for him. And he struggled with it. So that's what it is. But yeah. to go through that to the place of saying, um, but... I'm going to trust God with the future. I'm going to trust God that he'll deal with the Babylonians. I'm going to land on that place of confidence in him, I think, was just an incredible arrival for that man. But I, I do think that there will be times where, maybe in smaller ways than Habakkuk had to deal with, where we're confronted with something from God and in his mm -hmm. word that is challenging to us for some people it might even be happening as we're going through the book of Habakkuk yeah. I mean as I've talked about before you know I mean I can't tell you how many people have told me as I've been teaching through this book that they never heard a pastor teach this totally. book they've never heard anybody explain this book they never even read this book before mm -hmm. um, what that means is that we're finding ourselves comfortable mm -hmm. in these passages of scripture that probably aren't as much of a violation of our thoughts about Sheesh. God. Whereas the book of Habakkuk, you're going to have so many things that, I mean, the whole revelation he had in chapter three, the things that God said in chapter two and in chapter one, they will fly in the face of our preconceived notions of who God is. So as I said, 
in the teaching. He's presented here a little bit less like a warm sunset and more like a nuclear explosion. And that can be hard for us Western Christians to deal with. It might cause a little bit of that Habakkuk-like response, but at the end of the day, we have to thank God that he is who he is and trust him. We have the cross, you know, so we have something to fall back on and say, man, this incredible, powerful God who transcends my way of thinking, he condescended and died on the cross for me. So he is good. He is love. And though I don't understand all of his ways, I'm happy that I don't. Because if I understood all of his ways, then that would mean that I'm God or that he's finite. And neither one of those things are true. We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. For more information and to take the discussion further, you can visit nateholdridge.com for additional articles and content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.